Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. Thanks for joining us. It's Wednesday, May 19, 2021. Another day of political mayhem in the swamp. It all centers around this so-called bipartisan commission that Democrats are pushing to investigate what happened on January 6th. Now, former President Trump calls it a Democrat trap. Today, the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, came out against the commission. He calls it slanted. Here he is on the Senate floor today. One final matter, after careful consideration, I've made the decision to oppose the House Democrats' slanted and unbalanced proposal for another commission to study the events of January the 6th. As everybody surely knows, I repeatedly made my views about the events of January the 6th very clear. I spoke clearly and left no doubt about my conclusions. Federal law enforcement have made at least 445 arrests and counting relating to crimes committed that day. Hundreds of those people have been charged. Law enforcement investigations are ongoing and federal authorities say they expect to arrest at least 100 or so more. Bipartisan investigations are also underway and have been for months at the committee level here in the Senate. Look, with McConnell and no, it's going to be near impossible for Democrats to pass this commission idea in the Senate since they're going to need 60 votes. The House will pass it, but that will probably be about it. Also today, how about Nancy Pelosi? What did she know about the attack on January 6th? We're going to explore that. Also today, here's a question. Why is DHS Secretary Mayorkas not meeting with the Border Security Caucus in the House? And where's Kamala? She ain't at the border. Let me guess. She's doing another virtual meeting. Whoa, just swell. Also, later today, we're going to check in with the RAV Save America Freedom Tour gang in Philadelphia, an effort to preserve freedom in America. But first, we're talking about the January 6th commission and much more. Our special guest today, U.S. Congressman Brian Babin from Texas. Congressman Brian Babin, thanks for being here on the water cooler. I appreciate it. Always good, David. Thank you. Well, this nine, I said the 9-11, listen to me, the, the January 6th uh, commission, Democrats are, are, how do we say it, hell-bent, if you will, on, on getting this uh, into law. Uh, Pelosi says the House is going to vote, obviously, uh, on this 9-11-style commission to probe the January 6th terrorist mob attack. What's your, that, that's the way the, the media frames it, of course. What's your sense on uh, why Republicans are just not going to have any part of this? It seems most Republicans are not. Well, I think it uh, goes without saying that this probably will be just a Democrat show. Uh, they are, the, the Democrats have made use of the January 6th as if it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, like, like the uh, turn of the century, uh, that it was a, a huge earth-shaking thing, and it was very unfortunate. I'm very upset that it happened. But if we're going to have a commission, let's do a commission and investigate the causes of the civil unrest all across this nation that's been going on for a year now uh, and is still ongoing in Seattle and in Portland and places like that. 
where we have civil unrest. Uh, and I, I just can't support something like that. Right. And so you're saying basically it's politics as usual. I think so. You look back at the Benghazi Commission. I, I mean, you uh, did we actually get to the bottom of that? I don't think so. Look at the look at the investigation that should have been done at Department of Justice uh, during the uh, Trump administration. We saw the Mueller report. It turned out to be all of nothing, but no investigation uh, was done of the other side and how everything came down uh, where a president, a sitting president, was spied upon. Congressman, how concerned on this commission situation, it doesn't look like they're going to look at at, at all about what Nancy Pelosi's role in this might have been. The media loves to talk about Donald Trump and Kevin McCarthy and a phone call and blah, blah, blah. But how concerned are you about what Nancy Pelosi may have known and when she knew it about all of this? Well, I, that's a great question, you know, and we have had some hearings, uh, not on the committees that I serve on, but some of my colleagues have asked some great questions. What did they know beforehand? Uh, how much intel did they have about uh, plans by, uh, by people that were going to utilize uh, this uh, January 6th, uh, uh, you know, gathering uh, to do the bad things that they did? I think they had, uh, they had uh, intel in advance. And I think there were, there were people that, that uh, were in charge that asked for National Guard troops and they, they asked for reinforcements. They were turned down. I would like to know how much Ms. Pelosi knew about that and why we did not have this happen beforehand. And now since it's happened, we've had a steel wall around our, our, uh, our beautiful capital up here, uh, topped with barbed wire now for month after month after month. Uh, and uh, with no credible threat. When this wall should be down at the border, we've got an absolute crisis down at the border, uh, the making of the Democratic Party under uh, Joe Biden, and they simply deny that it's going on, and it's a huge, the real threat is our open border with uh, hundreds of thousands of illegals coming across. That's where the danger is. Right, and I want to get to that in one moment. A quick Pelosi follow-up question as it relates to the mask mandate that she continues to enforce on the House floor. The CDC, I mean, she's going, I thought it was supposed to be follow the science. She's going against what the CDC is recommending uh, and continuing House mandates of masks. We even saw some of your colleagues, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few others kind of taking a selfie without a mask. There it is on the House floor saying a peaceful protest. What, what do you make of, of the rising concern of, that Republicans have about these masks on the House floor? It's outrageous. I'm a member of the Doctors' Caucus. And uh, I've been a health practitioner. I'm a dentist. I've been practicing. Uh, I practiced for 37 years. And I can tell you, you're supposed to follow the science. CDC guidelines are that they've lifted the mask mandate. Uh, many states, including my great state of Texas, lifted it uh, weeks ago. We had we went a, a one day where we had zero new cases of COVID. Uh, we were accused of being Neanderthal. Uh, by President Biden when we made that uh, mass, uh, lifted that mask mandate. And Ms. Pelosi has basically overridden the science. She's overridden the medical personnel, the professionals, to, to, to keep us locked down in masks. And it's outrageous. There's no sense in it. It sends a very bad message about our vaccines. President Trump and the Operation Warp Speed were very successful. We developed uh, vaccines by the millions by uh, within a nine-month period. 
and 75% or, or greater of the House of Representatives is, is already vaccinated. Yeah. There is no reason for us except control. Uh, that's what this is all about. Keep us under control. Uh, keep uh, the uh, metal detectors at the, at the door before we can go on and vote and keep us wearing masks. It's outrageous. The Doc Caucus is pushing back on this with a resolution. And uh, I really appreciate my colleagues doing this. There's no reason for us to be wearing masks any longer at all, David. Right. Well, for our remaining time together, immigration, it's obviously a huge issue around the country. There is a crisis at the border. You are the co-chair of the Border Security Caucus. Uh, uh, th th this has been something that you've been really taking the lead on. You're even going, explain a little bit, you're going down what to... Uh, to Texas, of course, where you're from, but there's certain places that you're going to go. Uh, why don't you explain that and, and uh, some of your concerns about uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas? I'm very concerned about DHS Secretary Mayorkas. We've invited him a number of times to come speak to our, our uh, Border Security Caucus. Uh, we have not seen him. They've, they've offered to send a staffer. We don't want a staffer. We want to find out from him. Uh, What's going on down there and why in the Sam Hill, they've got an open border down there. Why did they reverse all these effective policies of the previous administration, like Title 42 and uh, the uh, Remain in Mexico policy, the building of the wall, uh, the, uh, the National uh, Declaration of Emergency? Why did they reverse these? Why, why, why do they continue to put Americans in danger to spend billions of our dollars and, and wind up with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in this country that are not supposed to be here, they're not legal, uh, and they're coming in with COVID. Uh, they're coming in from various countries, not just Mexico and the Northern Triangle. There's 120 to 130 countries uh, represented by these people coming in. It's an enormous cost and danger to the United States. And Secretary Mayorkas, if he can't come speak to the Border Security Caucus, he should resign. And we also invited uh, Vice President Kamala Harris to come with us on our last border trip down to the Rio Grande Valley about a month ago. We didn't hear anything but crickets. We never heard a word from her. She's supposed to be the border czar appointed by the president. She needs to go see the border and see exactly what's going. They're utilizing children. They've, they've processed 45,000 children in the last few months and 350,000 illegals total over the last two months, that doesn't even include the gotaways that are endangering us on every single level, crime, terrorism, public health, you name it, costing us a fortune, uh, putting pressure on local governments. Yeah. This, this has got to stop. This is absolutely harming the, the, the United States. It's basically committing suicide, national suicide, mm -hmm. with what we're doing. Our compassion is there yeah. for these folks that want to come in, but we have to do it legally. Now, the United States, yeah. legal we cannot have this continuing. Congressman Brian Babin, appreciate you. Back in a moment. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, big story today is, uh, you know, the House vote on the January 6th uh, commission uh, that they want to take place. Uh, the good news for Democrats is, you know, it's passing the House. The, the bad news is that Mitch McConnell's come out and said, yeah, I'm not having any of that in the Senate. So uh, that looks like it might just be dead in its tracks. Uh, let's, uh, well, as a matter of fact, let's put a headline up, uh, just the news headline. Uh, this is from the other day, but look, uh, Kevin McCarthy in the House opposes the 9-11-style January 6th commission deal as well. So you got McConnell and McCarthy against it. Let's bring in Bernie Carrick, a former NYPD commissioner. Uh, Bernie, great to have you on the water cooler. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, David. Well, tell me about this, uh, this commission. Republicans are just, uh, at least uh, most of them are going to say this is ridiculous. Uh, Trump calls it a Democrat trap. What, what's your sense of it? Well, I think so. And, you know, I've been against it. Uh, I've, I've denounced it. Uh, I think that we, you don't want to put uh, Schumer and Pelosi in a position where they have more power than they already have. Um, they use it as a one-way tool to attack uh, conservatives, Republicans. The only way I would agree to something like this is if there it was really bipartisan and there was a mechanism for the investigative body to look at why there was a protest on January 6th. The bottom line is there was a protest because the entire country believed on the Republican side, rightfully so, that there were irregularities in the voting and elections uh, around the country. Um, and they were angered and outraged by it. And that's what we saw. That's the reason for the protest itself. If we want to get into why and we want to talk about what happened in the election and, and put that evidence out there to, to basically justify the protest, okay, I'm all for it. But if you're not going to do it and do it for real, then don't do it at all. Yeah, it feels like politics, honestly. It is. That's all it is. This is a, a, just another political move to tie up Republicans and, and uh, you know, put the country in turmoil again. The, you know, these commissions, these committees, these investigations, think about it. From the time before Trump actually became president until now, they're still conducting investigations and inquiries and committee uh, hearings and, and commissions. And, and it's all nonsense. Yeah, it's all sure. nonsense. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, for sure. Hey, by the way, let me ask you a little bit about um, the 9-11 Commission. That Obviously, you were around for that. That's something you're, you know well of. It seems like this is very, very different than something like that. No, this isn't nothing like right. the 9-11 Commission. The 9-11 Commission was a bipartisan effort to basically look at what happened, why, how to prevent it from happening again, look at the lessons learned, um, and everybody in this country was united behind finding those facts, getting those facts. This commission, um, you know, the proposed commission by the Democrats, is basically a propaganda machine. Uh, you know, they want to denounce what happened on the 6th and they want to attack the president. Uh, this is just another way to get there. And it also seems like what Republicans are saying here is like, look, if you're going to look into January 6th, I mean, there's a broader issue here, too, about some violence going on uh, in other places around the country, like Portland, Seattle. I mean, you know, like, where, where's it going? You know, where's your commission on that? Why, why are we not? Well, listen, I, I think. Honestly, David, the president made an enor a, a fantastic point. You want to look at the trespassing on January 6th? Well, let's look at the riots over the summer by BLM and, and Antifa, right. where they 
engaged in arson, burning of cities, uh, looting of cities, murder, destruction of personal and public property, assault on cops, assault on innocent civilians. You want to look at something, you should definitely be looking at that. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I want to get your take on, on a headline I saw about the NYPD. Uh, th this coming from the Associated Press, the New York City Pride Parade uh, bans police, gay officers disheartened. Th this was interesting. So apparently it's a long story, but they're going to kind of keep police away, at least a few blocks away from the gay pride I mean, everything's becoming so political nowadays. I mean, what, what's going on, Bernie? I mean, I, I, I can't believe this. Well, this is this is another, uh, you know, a woke. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I can't explain it. You know, I'm, I, I have no idea. I yeah. have no idea. They just, everybody gets denounced. Everybody gets censored. Everybody gets pushed out. Um, you know, the NYPD has been been involved in that parade since it started. And they've had a great relationship with the parade leaders since it started. All of a sudden, the police can be involved. You know, people yeah. are afraid of the police. They've never been afraid before. Police were involved in the parade. There, there's a, a gay cops organization. Um, those people were marching in the parade. There were no problems. There were no problems until this woke mentality started over the last year and a half, two years. And all of a sudden, no, cops can't be near the parade. Well, I have news for you. They may not march in the parade. They're going to be all over the parade because it's their job to make sure that the parade goers, marchers, supporters, viewers are safe and secure. Yeah, I've only got about a minute or a minute and a half left or so. And I know you could talk all day about this next question, but what's happened in New York with uh, uh, with the Blasio and the police and the city itself, the city you once knew? I mean, what, what, what has gone on there, Bernie? You have a failed... Marxist left-leaning mayor that doesn't give a damn about the city. He doesn't care about the communities in the city. Um, basically, his focus in life is Marxism, socialism, uh, attacking uh, capitalism, and that's pretty much what he's doing. And he's doing it uh, by using the NYPD, you know, being light on crime, taking 600 anti-crime plainclothes cops off the street, cutting a billion dollars out of their budget, um, telling them to take a light touch on the riots and protesters. You know, the guy's doing everything in his power, physically, everything in his power, he's doing int intentionally to destroy the city. And with 30 seconds left, what's the temperature of the NYPD right now in terms of morale and all of that? It's demoralizing. You know, nobody wants to work for people that don't support them, that don't, you know, appreciate the job. And when you have people that go out and they put their lives on the line for the job they do, and you have leadership, political leadership, people that you know despise you, that don't support you, won't support you, that's pretty demoralizing. Bernie Carrick, really appreciate uh, all of the great comments today. Really appreciate you being David, here. David, thank you. All right, Bernie Carrick, uh, straight up New York. Yeah, I'm New York too, 89th and Broadway, Upper West Side. Hey, what do you, yeah, the mean streets of the Upper West Side, that's where we were sipping lattes and going to Zabar's. But the point is, Still from New York. Anyhow, when we come back, Amanda Head, Ben Burkwan, both on the Save America Freedom Tour. It's the RAV special. Is that, what did I say? RAV? What is that? Anyhow, the RAV special. We're going to talk about it when we come back. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. It is time. Get ready. Real America's Voice is on the Save America Tour. throw in a little freedom. It is the Save America Freedom Tour. Amanda Head and Ben Burkwan there with us in the city of brotherly love. What a shot, guys. Tell us why you're there and tell us all about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep thinking this almost looks like a fake backdrop because the frame is just so incredibly perfect. We are here in the shadow of history and greatness with Independence Hall and Congress Hall behind us, the Liberty Bell right over our shoulder, Ben Franklin's grave, Christ Church. I mean, so much history around us, and we had an amazing live event today. We had a lot of people who live in Pennsylvania come here to Philadelphia just so that they could come and meet us and, and talk to us and see the live special in person. We had so many great guests on to talk about everything from election fraud to the history of Pennsylvania, people running in future elections. We covered a whole lot. Yeah, no, this is and this is just the first stop in our second leg of the Save America Freedom Tour. We're calling this the Liberty Edition, obviously the birthplace of liberty, Declaration of Independence signed behind us. Uh, we were unfortunately we were down at the uh, the tavern, city tavern that closed down because of the CCP virus. We we're down there yesterday talking about the history down there as well. But before we go, I, I just want to say too, huge shout out to Julio Gonzalez of Engineer Tax Services who helped sponsor this and my buddy Jeremy Harold of Live from America who uh, was the, came up with the idea of this bus tour. This bus, we're taking across America. And the whole idea is we re-inspire America to stand back up for, to save America with liberty, with patriotism, with freedom. This is a first stop of our second leg here from Philadelphia. We're going to be heading to Liberty University on Friday. Same thing, uh, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern. And then ultimately on this second leg, we're going to end in Cookville, Tennessee for the Tennessee Freedom Force event that's going to be going on over there. We've got David Bray, USA, with us. He's going to be singing with Jeremy Harrell along the way. It's going to be incredible. And we're inviting everybody along the way to come join us if you can. David. Well, that, that sounds great, guys. Listen, I, I want to ask, this is to both of you, uh, it really seems like we've got a twofold crisis. It's all about uh, freedom, but beyond all of that, uh, there's this idea that to older Americans, for them to get more involved in the process and for younger Americans to educate them on the founding principles of this country because uh, it really is a generational fight here. Uh, so this isn't just about getting older Americans involved. It's about really an education uh, for, for Americans all over the country, especially the younger ones. Yeah, you know, I think an education and a knowledge and a love for the history that took place here and everything that led up to the Declaration of Independence and the founding of our country, I think that that is the impetus for a lot of people to get involved because what I've noticed here is that the people who, who know and love and study history are the ones who are typically on our side and they share our fears of what is, you know, what is happening in America today. So it's going to take activism across the board. I'm so 
so excited to see younger Americans getting involved in the process and, and getting active and bringing other people over to our side. But older Americans, you know, I know that they feel like it's time to pass the torch, but it's not. We all have to stay involved. We all have to do our part. And, and even if you are not one of the older folks who, who wants to get out and about, if you're immobile or you're at home, the least you can do is help spread the word and replenish and rejuvenate your intellectual tool belt and make sure that you are just reading and learning and understanding what is happening today so that you can have, um, you know, proper foundational debates with, with other folks. Well, and that to me, David, is, is really the key. It is that next generation. So obviously, we are, you know, we're in that transition period. You look at who is still fighting for this country. A lot of folks, uh, it is the older generation. And you look at who's been corrupted through our education system, through our media, through pop culture. Uh, the younger generation, so many people are afraid of that. But that's why I'm so excited to go to Liberty University on Friday, uh, meet with David Bratt over there, and, and meet some of those students that are being taught the truth. The sad part is it's a fraction of our youth that are being taught the truth of our founding, the greatness of America, why this country is so great, and why it's critical that we keep it great for not just the future of America, but the future of the nations of the world. Uh, so this is, it is, it's all about that, and it's really about Re, uh, it, it's about resetting that, that foundation, but engaging people to action. And that's just what you said, Amanda. It is time for action for everyone in this country. If you love this country, you can't just sit behind a computer screen anymore. You have to engage and influence the people you have influence over, whether that's your family, your coworkers, wherever that sphere of influence that you have, you have to get involved. No, you're 100% right, Ben and Amanda. Uh, you know, it seems like it's, it's also the, about this rekindling of a love for this country. Uh, there's just, it's like beat up America every single day under the Biden administration. And, and I think that's why a lot of folks got, uh, a lot of liberals got ticked at Trump. I mean, there were a lot of reasons they got ticked at Trump, but he came in saying America first, make America great again. He talked about, he kind of wanted to, he talked about General Patton and kind of taking us back to the 1950s. I'm not talking about race relations in the 50s. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about in the 1950s where we had this real patriotic love of country and you just wonder where that has gone yeah no that that's really it i mean you the destruction of this country is going to come from within if we don't stop what's happening and that's because we're seeing that all of this critical race theory all of the 1619 projects all of these things that are designed to tear down america uh, pushing us towards socialist uh, cultural marxism all of this that the left has been pushing this country towards for years if we don't stop that this country will be destroyed. And once the, if this country is destroyed, and I pray it never is, uh, it will destroy the nations of the world. And so it's not just about saving America. That's why we are the beacon. We are the city on a hill. Uh, the rest of the world looks to us, and it's time for America to remember that, remember why we are great, the founding God family country, uh, and all of the principles that are taught in this city if you actually go and, and investigate it. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, guys, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Amanda, I must tell you that, uh, you know, you're one of the nicest people out there. Those glasses, I'll tell you what, that's intimidating stuff, and I like it. I just want to go on record to say that's a good look. That's top why gun. I wear them. Top gun. Yeah, no. Listen, if She's I, if I, I, I don't want to mess with you with those glasses especially. All right, Amanda Head, uh, Ben Burkwan, <laughs> thanks so much. Appreciate it, both of you. Uh, and I hope they'll David. get a, Thanks, a Philly cheesesteak. I mean, last time I checked, they do have the freedom. Do we still have the freedom in America to buy a cheesesteak? Uh, because they need to do that. And by the way, I don't know if they're even listening, but bring one back for me. <laughs> Though my wife would probably say, you don't need one. You can live off the fat of the land, if you know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, when we come back, Rick Green will be here. 
We love Rick Green. He's like cowbell to us. Can we get some more cowbell? Look it up, SNL skit, 1997 or so. Uh, anyhow, he'll be here to talk about the next generation, specifically some school kids speaking out about these crazy mask mandates. Oh, you're going to love this. As a matter of fact, I'm so excited. Can we just forget the commercial break? Can we, can we just start now? Oh, I guess we can. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, we are all sick of masks, including children. Down in Collier County, down in Florida, this uh, elementary school girl got in front of the uh, school board, and oh boy, she let them have it. Gotta love her. Here she is. Hello, my name is Sailor Cook, and I do not like these masks. And this building is about, like, I forgot his name, but he, but the black, but he saves the black people and, and like to be free so they didn't have to do certain things. And we need to be free too. It's not the, just the black people that have to be free. Everybody has to be free. And these masks are just terrible. And I remember I saw Mr. Fishburn pulling his masks under his nose. And I'm pretty sure that was your rule. And these masks are horrible. Like, and one of my friends said that his friend fainted because of a mask. Like, wow, wow, congrats. And you don't even know how these other kids feel. They're breathing in the same dirty air, and my cousin said they're afraid to take off the masks. Great job. You're creating public schools with fearful children. Wow. <laughs> I love it. She's like this. You know? Mm -hmm. I feel like she was, like, snapping like, look, that's it. She's correct. Hey, Fauci, can Madison, can we send this to Fauci? Do we have his address? All right, Madison says yes. Now, this is Dr. Fauci's home address. No, I'm not going to. I don't have it. Uh, all right, let's bring in Rick Green, founder of PatriotAcademy.com. Rick, she is, I tell you what, sign her up at PatriotAcademy.com. Oh, man, we want her at Patriot Academy. In fact, anybody that knows little Sailor there, just let her know. She has a standing invitation, full-ride scholarship to attend Patriot Academy anytime she likes. In fact, I think we should send her to Congress. Let's do a constitutional <laughs> amendment, lower the age to be a member of Congress to eight, because this eight-year-old understands the basics of freedom and science <laughs> better than our Congress does and certainly better than these school officials do. Um, and she recognizes hypocrisy. I thought that was great how she pointed out the hypocrisy of Mr. whatever his name was. We've all been sick and tired of the hypocrisy from the politicians to the stewardesses, to everybody else that loves to say, put your mask on and don't let it drop below your nose while they do the exact same thing. It's just insanity. And it's so great to see a little child out of the mouths of babes, right? Oh, for sure. And by the way, speaking of that, this is going to be weird in the fall because I, I know where the CDC with the guidance says vaccinated people can take their mask off and indoors and outdoors and uh, you know, unvaccinated, pe unvaccinated people can't. But when it comes to the kids in school, I mean, you wonder if some kids are not going to be wearing masks if they're, uh, if they're vaccinated, the t kids 12 and over, older, and some will, will be wearing masks. I mean, that's the last thing we need in school. It's still confusing in schools. The whole thing is confusing, Rick. And it's unhealthy. I mean, there is zero science for the kids to have to wear masks at all, let alone eight hours a day, David. I mean, this is not healthy for the kids. Psychologically, it's definitely not healthy. We now have an, an entire generation 
that actually feel safer wearing the mask. They're hiding behind the mask psychologically. Horrible, horrible situation there. Let alone, I mean, think about it. Little kids wearing these masks, they carry them into the bathroom, they get germs, they drop them on the floor, they, you know, snot in them all day long. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's no common sense whatsoever. And let's remember, it's parents and 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 uh, school officials that are trying to keep themselves safe at the risk of the children. They're harming the children. There is zero benefit to the children in wearing the mask, but there's a lot of harm in the kids wearing the mask. So any school that still has a mandate on the kids is actually harming the children. I don't know if I told you, David, right here next door to me here in Texas, a little town called Wimberley, they were actually separating the kids. If they weren't willing to wear a mask, they put them into the special ed classrooms and separated them from the other children. This is an awful, awful thing, and it has got to stop. That is insane, Rick. Uh, by the way, let me just say, and Madison can check me on this. this I believe that's the first time we've heard the word snot. Uh, on, on on the water cooler. So kudos to Rick Green. Parachute pants a few weeks ago, now snot. So thank you, Rick, for um, keeping it real, baby. Keeping yeah, it real. I, I've got a list right here of the Rick Green Rick Greenisms. Um, all right. So Rick, uh, look, founding principles here. I mean, this child uh, in Collier County gets gets it. Uh, how concerned are you about the next generation for that? Then again, maybe how concerned are you about this generation and even the older generations who still need to stand up and do something and understand their basic freedoms here? Yeah, man, that's the worst thing to come out of this. On one hand, on the, it's the worst thing because so many Americans have seen in this somehow that government will save us from everything, uh, that if we just do anything and everything the government says, that somehow the CDC <laughs> is the source of your rights. The CDC gets to decide whether or not you can celebrate Independence Day and all of these other crazy things. That's on one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, the silver lining is that it has awakened an entire generation so that's why we have the split in the country. Those who have been awakened by this are saying, wait a minute, government doesn't have the power to tell me these things. I mean, even that little eight-year-old girl, she's going, government, in her world, government is the school board and the principal and the school teacher, and that authority does not have the right to, to muzzle her and keep her from breathing. And she realizes that, I hope more Americans will wake up to that. I hope we haven't taught a new lessons, a new lesson to Americans that somehow government is the end-all, be-all. We're worshiping the the, the, the golden calves, the false gods of, of pseudoscience and government and expecting them to save us when clearly they can't. We have seen after a year of this that the government interventions did nothing but harm. States that had more government interventions did no better on the data, the deaths, the cases, but yet they harmed their economy, harmed people, more suicides, more uh, businesses uh, shut down. So the lesson should be government, stay out of the way. This is not your business. It's not your job to take care of our health. It's your job to protect our rights to make our health decisions ourselves. I got about 30 seconds, but, you know, to play off of that, the good news is we are seeing kind of a real-life civics lesson play out uh, right in front of us, a case model, if you will. That's right. And, David, we've seen skyrocketing enrollment in all of our Constitution classes, more and more people becoming Constitution mm -hmm. coaches and hosting the classes. So there is a hunger out there uh, to know civics. And I've said this before, but the reason we got into the COVID crackdowns, the dictators, the reason we got into the riots in the streets, it's all because of civic ignorance. We don't know our rights and we don't know our history. The more we replace that with civic literacy, the more we're able to prevent this from happening again in the future. Right. And, Rick, how do they go if they want to sign up? Where do they go exactly? PatriotAcademy.com is where you can get to all of our programs. And if anybody knows that little girl, please tell her we'd love to have her attend Patriot Academy. Normally, it's 16 to 25 to attend. I'd let that girl come anytime. <laughs> That's right. She gets the exception and exemption for sure. All right, uh, Rick Green, thanks for being here. Appreciate it, sir.
Thanks, David. God bless. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff. All right. Uh, when we come back, guess what? We're going to have even yet another uh, young child, an elementary school kid. You thought that girl was good, but she was excellent. So Rick might need to save a space for, <laughs> for this kid as well. Uh, wait to hear him when we come back here on The Water Cooler. We'll see you in just one moment. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. I got to tell you, uh, after having Rick Green on and, and hearing that uh, that little girl, <laughs> she was fantastic. So we said, you know what? We got equal opportunity. Have a little girl. Got to have a little boy now. I say a little boy. He's an elementary school boy. Uh, why am I talking like this? Anyhow, um, he's an elementary school boy who's <laughs> who's sick and tired of the mask mandates. And he, this this is a boy from Martin County, uh, Florida. Uh, this, and he goes in front of the school board. And here, <laughs> I love this. He's 10 years old. Here he is. Have a look. I love my school and all, but my teachers seem really stressed, and that makes me feel bad. One teacher walks around with a clipboard full of referrals for any student whose mask isn't on properly. It makes me feel scared. That same teacher yells at us having our masks down to drink water while we are outside in Carline. She told us we had to wait until we were in our parents' car to have a drink of water. She had her mask down the entire time while she was yelling at us, which makes me and all my friends very mad. This happens a lot. And it seems unfair teachers take their masks off while, they're yell while they yell at us kids and that we need to pull ours up. I asked my mom if there is a word for this, and she said there is. Hypocrisy. Wearing a mask all day makes me feel really tired and gives me really bad headaches. Sometimes I'm at school and I need to lay low in the dark until they're gone. <laughs> I love it. Hypocrisy. Even the kids get it, Dr. Fauci, CDC. We're not stupid. That 10-year-old boy in Martin County, he's not stupid. And by the way, speaking of kids in school, I want to understand something. Remember the CDC guidelines that talked about if you're in school, in other words, elementary school, middle school, high school, you have to wear a mask. This was, you know, months ago, right? You had to wear a mask. And, but, but, but if you're not in school, apparently you didn't have to wear a mask. But if you're in school, you do it's all crazy. Here's the bottom line. Kids, especially in elementary school, middle school, and even high school, they're all kind of getting bullied at times. Many of them getting bullied. And now we're going to apparently have the kids that are vaccinated maybe don't need to wear masks, but the kids that are unvaccinated still need to wear masks. How is that going to look in school? Anyhow, these kids are tired of it. There are mental health effects, not just obviously for the kids, but for all of us. Uh, and, you know, I, I, told, I said this a year ago, and I said at some point the American people were going to say, enough. And not only the American people saying enough, the kids themselves are saying, we get it too, it's ridiculous. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Hey, Governor Greg Abbott down in Texas, he signed into law uh, one, there it is, one of the nation's strictest uh, abortion measures, banning the procedure as early as six weeks into a pregnancy. He signed that uh, today down in Texas. Uh, there he is, the proof, in case you were wondering if we made it up or it was fake news. It's not. It's true. It happened. By the way, six weeks. Hello. Hashtag fetal viability. We're going to have to talk about that because Mississippi was at 15 weeks, right? 15 weeks. Now six weeks. My goodness. All right. Well, let's uh, get some more news of the day with Joe Weber, news editor, justthenews.com. Hey, Joe. Hey, David. How are you? Good. What do you got? 
a little bit about the uh, mask uh, fight on in the House. I reporters don't really like to get into the prediction business, but it's my feeling that when this is over, the mask will have its own wing in the Smithsonian. <laughs> um, going on now is, as you know, uh, House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi has still has a mask ban on, on the House floor. Uh, Republican uh, House members have sort of revolted to that. Several have chosen not to do that. This sort of follows, it does follow them not going through the magnetometers as well. Um, Brian Massey was one of the first of three who's already been fined $500. Um, the list of those who have already been warned and are going to probably get fined next, uh, as you could imagine, kind of the typical cast the characters there, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, uh, Lauren Boebert, Louis Gohmert, those who are the most uh, outspoken about conservative values on the Hill. So look for that coming. One other thing I'd like to make uh, a point about with this vote here in the House with regard to the um, 9-11 style commission for the January 6th breach. I know that um, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise was on our air earlier today talking about thinking about maybe 10 or 11 or a dozen. And that's a result of the 10 or the 10 who voted for to impeach Trump. I got a reporter's homestead. It's going to be more. And I think what you're really going to see is if you take a look, those who vote uh, for it would probably, if you take a look at the 2022 elections, they're probably in the most purple of the districts. I think there's some cover there for them on this. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to dissect that list for sure uh, once it comes out. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be doing that with you. Yeah, it could be 20 plus uh, for sure. All right, yeah. uh, jo Joe Weber. Thank you, sir. We'll have to get a ticket, you and me, to the masked wing of the uh, Smithsonian. I'd like to do that. Okay, good. A free timed entry. We'll probably be doing that in seven years. Gosh, when is this all going to end? All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, Joe, if you're still there, by the way, tomorrow on the show, uh, Congressman, Congressman Madison Cawthorn, also Stephen Miller will be here. So looking forward to that. Pastor Brian Gibson, too. See you tomorrow.